Hello and welcome to Batman and Football, a podcast where I, Cody Dauk, will talk about my love for all things superheroes, movies, film, TV, etc., and my favorite sports, specifically football, but uh, I like it all. So this is my podcast on that, and I will say this, my opinions are my own. There will be foul language, and there will be spoilers, so listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, welcome to my very first episode of Batman and Football. If you don't know who I am, my name is Cody Dauk. I am an illustrator, artist. Um, I do a lot of comic book work, hopefully, someday. And I currently am employed with BigPlay.com. I do a lot of their graphic art, and it's pretty fun. Um, I did a lot of NFL draft stuff over the weekend, and it was pretty cool. So um, I'm a lover of superheroes, especially Batman, hence the title Batman. I love football, hence the title football. Um, I love movies. I'm a guitar player, been guitar player for 15 years, etc. So if you don't know me, there it is. Um, right now... I am currently rewatching the latest episode of Game of Thrones because it was fucking wild and figured I'd want to talk about that first and then get into the NFL draft and then get into uh, Avengers Endgame. So a lot of the stuff I'm going to be spoiling here. So if you haven't seen it yet, um, spoilers throughout this whole fucking show. So... You're warned if you listen and you're pissed off at me. I don't really care. Um, so, yeah. Game of Thrones was fucking wild. Had a lot of... It was a very, very, very dark... Dark shot episode. And I know a lot of people were bitching and complaining about that, but I kind of like that. It's kind of weird. You have this... You got to... It's interesting to me because, you know, they're fighting, essentially they're fighting fucking zombies in a world where they all have dragons and shit. So, it's kind of nice to keep it grounded in a sense of reality. And I thought that was a very bold yet masterful decision that they did. And, of course, like, I'm not going to complain about, like, the lighting and anything with this show because Fabian Wagner is a fantastic cinematographer. Um... You can bash the DC films all you want, but he did the cinematography on the majority of them, and they look, they look phenomenal, especially Wonder Woman, Jesus Christ. But uh, anyway, so this episode was, was so cool because it's it's got everything I like about, you know, it's got all my interests in it basically. It's got you know, it's got the, it's just got this tense. Like, waiting, you know, between, you know, this battle. They're all just waiting, sitting there, and you, like, just feel that anxiety. I love I love films and shows that get you anxious, and then that pays off with the ultimate reward. So when they're all just sitting there waiting just to get out there, and then, you know, they get out there and they do what they do, it's fucking amazing. Also, and, dude, the fucking ghost shows up out of nowhere, dude? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, that was cool. So there's that, and then you got the... It's just it's just one of those cool... Th- it, it reminded me 
This episode reminded me of The Two Towers, which is my favorite Lord of the Rings film. Because I just like that, I just like that old school medieval battle style. I think that's so fucking sweet. How like, that's just, the, that was just, an, I know we do it a lot nowadays. with the, I mean, it's the military essentially, but these guys fucking, they don't give a fuck, man. They, they just go. They go and they put their shit on the line and they, they fucking just, they fight. Like, their lives don't matter except to protect what's theirs, you know? And a lot of people get that confused with, you know, nationalism, patriotism, whatever. I'm not going to get into the politics of it at all. But uh, I just think that's, that shit's cool. Like, you, I mean, somebody's going to invade your home. You got you must protect it, you know? Like, the same, no no different than, you know, uh, somebody breaking into your house. What are you going to, what do you want to do, you know? I guess it just depends on the person at that point. But uh, I just think that shit's cool to me. And then just how ambitious and daring that they just went out and they just did the whole fucking episode of just a non-stop battle. It was pretty neat. It was pretty cool. Um, very ballsy com- compared to the other, other like the similar style of the show. They, they're definitely taking a uh, really, really cool approach with the season, I've, I've noticed, is that they're just built, it's just nothing but build-ups. Like, I mean, the first two episodes, you're just sitting there and you're just... You're expecting something great, and I think they really did pay it off. It's, and let's be, dude, Arya Stark is fucking Batman. There is no question about it. I know Batman doesn't kill for the most part, but if, you know, you're watching majority of his, well, all of his movies, he does. But, uh, she's fucking Batman, dude. She, uh, Dude, that was, okay, that was such a good payoff. I mean, a lot of people were probably a little pissed. Like, for me, I, I hope they kind of go about the Night King story and shit like that. Because it is kind of weird just having him there. He's just there. And if that was just the case, that's kind of like, I don't know. It just feels like they they're fighting. they were fighting this, this they were setting up this fucking Thanos-like character. To destroy the whole fucking Westeros, and if he if he just dies with no like, I don't know. It just seemed like the payoff was just not there. Like we don't know who he is, we don't know why he's doing what he's doing. I mean, obviously it's probably to take over Westeros. I mean that's the known factor here. Um, obviously I didn't read any of the books. So I don't know. I don't fucking know anything. Um, that wouldn't be other than the show. I just know the show, which I eventually want to read the books, but uh, I'm a little busy. But I, I'm just I'll just be upset if we just don't know anything about the White Walkers and the Night King, like who they are, why they are, and if I'm wrong, you can you can tell me, you know. But uh, I just I'll just be upset if I don't know who it is, and if they just killed them and it was just like, eh, yeah, yeah, we got him. He, it's 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 good. Um, we just wasted last season, you know, building this up and. That's it. Oh, by the way, when they're all fucking going out there with the fucking flaming swords and then they just just dis- disappear, that's one of the best shots I've seen in any form of entertainment in a long fucking time. It reminded me of this, um, I don't know if any of you stoners are out there from like 2009 or whatever, but Animal Collective had this, uh, 
this this movie slash basically like their Pink Floyd's The Wall. It was called Odd Sack, and they had, in the beginning of it they were twirling like ropes with fire, and it was making like these cool rings and shit, like in a real big distance and a real long distance, excuse me, and it was just really faint, and it kind of looked cool. That's what it reminded me of. If you ever have a chance, check that out. It's pretty sweet. But, uh, yeah, that shot was so amazing. I fucking love that. And that's why I think it was, you have to do that darkness. It was, they're, they're empathizing, they're not empathizing, but they're implying uh, the story within the sh- within the lighting and then the, in the, the way the film, like, the way the show looks. That's why I'm, I, I applaud Fabian Wagner for these, these attempts, because, you know, Winterfell, us humans, we, you know, we're alive, we bring, we're, we're bright, we're warm, um, and then these guys are dark, they're cold, you know, they're, they're blue, we're red, they're blue, essentially, and to see just pure darkness means that there's, it's just an, it's just a, I don't want to say a metaphor for death, but it, it essentially is. It's a metaphor for death, and it just it's it's fucking cool how that how this all works. Um, currently watching that scene right now. It's just the pure darkness. You don't know what's out there. It's it's mysterious, but it isn't. It's it's death. It's nothingness. It's black, and that's what that represents. It is so cool, and it just brings up that anxiety level. And then they just start coming out, and they just fucking manhandle uh, Winterfell like to a like it, it, this this battle was over and to be honest uh I thought Brienne was gonna fucking die this episode it just seemed like her character arc was concluded after she got knighted it just seemed like it would be a natural thing and I guess it isn't and I was texting my mom about it cause she was texting me after this episode and I told her that's who I thought was going to die, and she thinks that Jamie and Brienne are going to fuck, and that could be possible. I hope not. I mean, I don't want to see that, but it could be possible. But, yeah, I was totally wrong. I have a Game of Thrones Deadpool with a few friends, and I totally butchered that. Although, Joe, he did get, a, he did get the his first death right. Well, actually, somebody else fucking died. Anyway, he picked uh, Theon to die. Obviously, he did. So he was half right. So kudos to you, Joe. But uh, this episode was everything I ever wanted in a in like a TV show. I mean, there wasn't really much dialogue, but that's the beauty of a film or a television, you know. And it's the same same thing I like about comics. If you can convey a story in in sequential pictures and you won't even have to use words and somebody can follow that then that's grade a entertainment by far if you if you can figure out a story without somebody saying a single fucking word that's that's good that means they've they're doing their job that's one of the hardest things to do in comics is to convey a story with just still images and so the reader can pick up and see what's going on. And then they can use the dialogue as a secondary. I mean, which, is, it's art, etc. But I really, I, I don't understand the criticisms with this episode. I really don't. And 
I love the darkness of it, the quickness of the battles. It reminds me of Chris Nolan's Batman, like Batman Begins specifically, and I think he kind of came off of that a little bit in his later two Batman films. But when he wanted to, uh, he wanted to imply that Batman was a uh, was a beast, was a force of nature. He was one with the environment, which he is. He and so is Arya, you know, but. Um, Especially the first scene, first scene with Batman and Batman Begins, where he's, um, they're in the 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 docks and they're doing the Scarecrow's uh, supply, um, of fear toxins. They're giving it to the Narrows, etc. And then they give the rest to Ra's Al Ghul, Ra's Al Ghul. But uh, and then he shows up and then he jumps down and he starts beating the shit out of all these bad guys and you can't really see it because it's a lot of fast cuts and quick movement. And I think that was to imply that Batman is a force. He's brute, he is fast, he will beat the fucking shit out of you. And I think that's what they were kind of doing here, is they were making it fast because the White Walkers and the dead are so fucking quick that it, it takes Winterfell by surprise. They don't know what hit them. And I, I, I applaud that. And also, the fucking fire, like... What is that? A, what would you want to call that? A winter storm that the uh, the dragons are in with uh, D- Daenerys and Jon Snow. That was pretty cool. A lot of, for some reason, I just the CGI in this was actually this episode particularly was pretty good. I think you can hide more in the darkness, but uh, there was a shot where the two dragons were up. And the clouds kind of reminded me of Tim Burton's Batman, where the bat plane flies up and over the moon to make the emblem and comes back down. Kind of had that vibe to it, which I thought was really cool. But, uh, yeah, the CGI in this episode was really good, but I think it's just because you can hide more in the darkness. Because there's there's sometimes in this show where I'm just like, uh, TV CGI, it's... But, to be fair, there's a lot of movies nowadays where they kind of get a little lazy with the CG. Um, like Wonder Woman has some issues, uh, Avengers, Infinity War, you can, like, I know it got nominated for an Oscar, and what it, what it did with Thanos was, was groundbreaking, but I feel like they put too much effort in the Thanos, and not enough effort in anything else, because it looked a little cartoony, in my opinion, but this, this CG here, and TV CG especially, is, is, eh, the dragons always look shitty, but like, what can you do? You gotta suspend your reality, and you you're allowed to do that because of how they they treat the story, they treat the characters realistic. So then you forgive them for the faults of like, oh, they are in this land where there's fucking dragons and shit, which is cool. Um, yeah, this was such a fucking sweet episode, and the ending with the piano. Well, first off, let's go. Let's go. Uh, Sam fucking almost dies like a hundred times and gets gets saved by five other people. I will applaud him for, you know, good for Sam. He, he, he grew some balls, you know, and I applaud him for that. And he actually did a pretty good job, even though, like, he was kind of freaking me out. He was getting really into the, there's a scene where he keeps stabbing one of them, and he kind of got really into it. So I think he's got a bloodlust now, which is fucking sweet. But uh, they go down into the crypt with, you know, the women and children and 
you know, Tyrion and, you know, Sansa, all, all of them go down there. And we were talking about, well, they're down there with all the dead Starks. This is going to be fucking sweet. Maybe we'll see, like, Ned, like, looks like fucking Sleepy Hollow, you know, with a headless horseman shit. And, like, their mom and dad. That I thought that would be super fucking cool. Obviously, they didn't do that. But, uh... It's so so interesting how they've kind of set everything up to, you know, everything's set up for a purpose. No no scene is there just to, you know, oh, we got to fill, like, two minutes of just bullshit. No, every scene is either a foreshadow or, or, or a setup, which is great. And they come out and et cetera, and I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think... There's like a Tyrion and Sansa. They they had like this like I know they were married and shit, but it was kind of forced. And he did try to go be right by her and stuff, but you know how he was, and he's kind of become his own man. And even though he is fucking drinking here, which that's fine, whatever. But uh, I don't know. They just they seem like they worked, and I don't know if they just have a respect for each other. Like she's. She says he's, he was one of the better ones, which is true. He did try to treat her like a wife, you know, like a lady, respectable woman, you know. Um, I don't know. It just seems like who knows what's going to happen after this. Are they going to, you know, who knows? And then, oh, my God, dude, that fucking, I can never remember her fucking name, but that fucking, like, 12-year-old girl fucking fighting that fucking dead giant. That was so sweet. And <laughs> my wife was all, like, I don't know, maybe it was her. Somebody was, like, nervous that they, they're going to fucking kill her because, you know, child, etc. I'm like, dude, they let, they fucking lit a fucking little girl on fire, dude. They're going to fucking kill her, and of course they did. But, you know, her death didn't go unjust, so she... That was a fucking sick thing that she did. She stabbed that giant right in the eye. Because I didn't know if they were going to go there. I wouldn't be surprised. Game of Thrones, they do shit where you wouldn't be surprised what they do. I was ready to... And I'm a weird dude when it comes to gore. I love horror films. The gorier, the better. I think that's just... It's just... And I, I for some reason, I think it's amusing. I laugh so hard at gore. And I was about to stand up and clap if that fucking giant bit her head off. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know if it's just because it's ridiculous, or if it's just because, I don't know, I, maybe maybe I should go see a psychiatrist, but, uh, and then she stabs him in the eye, and that was fucking sweet. Theon being, you know, I think, redeems himself as a man, as a person, he overcame his battles, his betrayals, that was, that was fantastic, protecting Bran, which, by the way, fuck Bran, dude, he's the worst character on this show, fucking standing there, like, acting like he's a fucking pseudo-Professor X, fucking, well, he's not standing there, he's sitting around, and then, <laughs> there's something, his fucking eyes, man, going into the all-white, like, Undertaker shit, he looks like, he's looks, he looks like he's getting the best fucking blowjob he's ever gotten in his life, he's just sitting there with his mouth open, like, like, come on, dude, fuck this guy. If he, and, three-eyed raven, he's telling, dude, he's telling, he tells everybody what's kind of, ha- he, he can see shit, like, I don't know if he can't imply, he's not a Nostradamus per se, but 
I don't know, just maybe he's just a, he knows shit and just lets shit happen, so, what's the fucking point of you, man? Fucking Arya, dude, he, uh, she, she, only she could do what she just fucking did. Dude, hiding in the shadows, going undetected, coming out of nowhere, getting caught, but always a step ahead. Who the fuck does that sound like? That sounds like my fucking boy Batman. She's fucking Batman, dude. Hiding in the shadows all the time. Darkness is her ally. Like our good old boy Bane says. And then she comes out of nowhere, and Batman is always a step ahead, no matter what. He knows your move before you know your move. And Arya does too. And the way she did that, I fucking stood up and ran out of the, the fucking kitchen. I was so hyped. Or living room into the kitchen. I was so fucking hyped. It was so cool. That that was the only way you you could you could kill like kill the Night King. I thought it'd be like a one on one battle with Jon Snow or whatever. Your typical, you know, like this is it. Fucking it's gonna get fucking metal in here, the sword's gonna play in the background, fucking Winter's Wolves just that'd be so fucking sweet, but obviously they they'll never do that. Um but I thought that was what's going to happen. There's this big epic showdown between these two. Like, most things do, but Game of Thrones isn't like most things. They do things that you would expect, but you wouldn't expect. Like, we all kind of figured, you know, wouldn't it be... We would we, we all thought, wouldn't it be cool if Arya was the one that fucking killed the Night King and this all fucking ended because, you know, green eyes, blue eyes, gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? She, she like... Who's got blue eyes? The fucking Nightwalker. And then she fucking just shows up out of no... Dude. Like a fucking badass. Like the fucking Dark Knight himself, dude. It was fucking sweet. Yeah, so the Red Woman dies. So that was cool. Um, Because I'm sick and fucking tired of her. And we're on to Cersei now, which is... How it should be, to be honest with you. I think there's a lot of re- a lot of questions. Like, is Jamie gonna stay in battle for King's Landing, or is he gonna f- with his sister slash lover, or is he going to follow Jon Snow, the true heir of the throne? And how's that gonna happen? How is his aunt fucking? How is she? I don't know. How's she taking the throne? How does she take that she's fucking her her nephew, dude? Like, there's a lot of questions. Is Arya gonna fucking kill Cersei? She's got green eyes. Just saying. What's going on with Sansa and Tyrion? Is Tyr- what the fuck is that dude's name who always says Coke? I can never remember it, but... Uh, He's got that fucking crossbow that Tyrion had to kill his dad. He's gonna chase after them Lannisters for being traitors. So you got that. There's a lot of shit that still needs to be resolved. Does it feel like Winterfell was possibly forced? Not necessarily, because they spent the whole fucking episode with it. I mean, the first three episodes were a setup, which was awesome, you know? So, I'm all on board. I think I think that's the way it should be. I think Cersei was the one that needed to be dethroned, like the right way. 
it's a better ending. I think that's just the way it should go. So, yeah. That was a five-star episode for me. And I'm looking forward to the next week. And they're getting longer and longer, which is even better. Lots to, lots to answer for. So, good for you, Game of Thrones. And by the way, I love you, Internet, for all the fucking memes of Arya. That Damien Lillard one had me crying. And then my buddy sent me one. I don't know if I posted it or not on my Twitter, at Cody Draws with an E. Um, I don't know if I posted it or not, but uh, the one where fucking LeBron is Arya and the basketball brand, the Game 7 block, Iguodala is the Night King. That is so fucking funny. That is the best. I love the internet sometimes. You guys are so quick with it. And by the way, that was the most, I don't give a fuck, spoiler night of my life. Like, I'm glad I watched it, like, at the premiere. Because if I was checking Twitter and I saw all that shit, I would have been so fucking pissed. And uh, I don't know. And my wife and I started these shows, like, super late. Like, I think season seven was like one episode left or something like that when we finally caught up and the only spoiler i heard was the one that i was most pissed about and that was hodor doing the hold the door that was the only one i heard but other than that like i did not hear a single spoiler for this show i don't know if it maybe maybe i wasn't looking at the time and then i just all of a sudden started getting invested in the game of thrones i'm not 100 percent sure but uh yeah, the internet last night was like, fuck, fuck your spoiler warning, we are fucking getting on this, which, I mean, it's a TV show for the most part, I think, you, like, it's not like Avengers where, you know, people have to make an investment to go and see this film when they have time. Game of Thrones is a TV show that you can watch anytime you want, especially in today's day and age, so... I get the whole spoiler thing, but it's a TV show. Like, if you don't want to be spoiled, you know better. Don't don't go on Twitter. You, It's Twitter, dude. It fucking happens all the time. And, like, I'm seeing, uh, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to do my thoughts and reviews of Avengers Endgame. I haven't seen it yet. I'm seeing it tonight at 7. And I'm excited for it and all that stuff. And we're going to get into that because I'm probably going to have a lot to say because... My relationship with Marvel is a weird one, a very weird relationship. So I'm excited about that. But Game of Thrones, closing that chapter right now. Let's get to sports. And first of all, fuck the NBA, dude. Fuck the NBA. I thought NFL officiating was bad. Holy fucking shit, dude. First of all, you got to wait until Curry fucking goes back on defense and just full disclosure, I am not a basketball expert at all. I, I'm a casual, I wouldn't even call myself a casual fan of basketball. Like it's not up there for my favorite sports. I, I personally would put hockey over basketball in my opinion. And I mean, if you like basketball, if that's your favorite, favorite sport, that's perfectly fine. I respect your opinions. Just like I have my own opinion. NBA, fuck that. I feel like, I don't know if Harden got fouled or not. From one angle, it looked like it. From the other angle, it kind of didn't. So, so if you think there is a narrative in the NBA that the NBA wants the Warriors back into the finals, 
why? What's the point of that? I, I, I think... I think if the NBA was smart, they would want if they were trying to rig anything. I thought I think they would rig it for James Harden. They want you should want parity in your said sport. And I know I understand that like the NFL, it's always the Patriots. It's always the Patriots. But yeah, they come out on top. But it seems like every year, especially in the AFC, there's always different teams. Always different teams in the playoffs, at least. And there's always different teams that make a run. I think, obviously, the times are going to change because the Chiefs are up and coming, pending Tyree Kill's dumbassery. Which, by the way, dude, if it were, if I was the fucking commissioner of the NFL, that guy would never play football ever again. Don't you, don't smoke weed, and, you know, if you smoke weed, you don't, you don't get to play. But you fucking punch a woman in the face or kick her, which I know Kareem Hunt, I'm a Browns fan. I know he's on our team, which I don't, I don't. I'm not going to forgive him for what he did. You should never touch a woman or a child. There's there's a fork in the road, and one path says punch a woman, punch a child, and the other one says just take the high, just go here, and you'll be better off. Go there, and you'll be better off. Don't fucking touch a kid. Don't fucking touch a woman. And guess what? And guess what happens? You know, you might not be playing football ever again. And if he does end up playing football ever again, I pray to God, John Dorsey, you did not pick him up. Kareem Hunt's one thing. He's a Cleveland kid. Maybe, maybe being home, being grounded, in that in that sense, and having a comfortability with John Dorsey, will help him. And what he did, he's manned up for. He's fessed up. He's he's trying to be the better man. Um, and apparently, according to the reports, he's doing that. He's he's working in the community. He's doing things that you would, you know, that you would expect somebody who is remorseful to do. But anyway, don't fucking touch a kid. Don't fucking touch a woman. You're 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 a millionaire athlete, and you're one of the best, dude. That fucking was that a reversal that they had in against the Colts? That was one of the fastest fucking in the playoffs. That was one of the craziest plays I've ever seen. And it was it was just a it was a fucking end around reverse, I think. And he just flew through everybody. His name his nickname Cheetah is. It's true. He is a fucking cheetah, dude. I've never seen anybody that fast. You're, you were, dude. I don't. I can't remember if he got paid or not. Either way, one of the best wide receivers, arguably, in the NFL, and you do something so fucking stupid. So yeah, the NFL draft. I'm not surprised that Kyler Murray went number one. Not surprised at all. And frankly. I feel so fucking bad for Josh Rosen, dude. Coming out of UCLA last year, I I know a lot of people wanted him. I mean, he is a really good quarterback. I wouldn't. I would probably call him the third best. Um, I know a lot of people wanted him over here in Cleveland, and I wasn't a really big fan. And it wasn't necessarily because of his ability, because he he reminded me of Aaron Rodgers, but in the bad way. It wasn't the Aaron Rodgers ability? It was just that. I don't want to say entitled California because I don't know. But Aaron Rodgers gives you this vibe like he's, you know, kind of an asshole. And I'm sorry if – I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers. I highly doubt you'll ever listen to this. But if I called you an asshole and you're not, whatever. Just you perceive to be that way. And so does 
you know, Josh Rosen. He perceive he he has that face like he's a fucking asshole. But I stand corrected because he he's been a professional the whole time. Like in Arizona, he and he he didn't do bad. He didn't he had a fucking shitty offensive line, you know, he didn't have the pieces that and maybe he'll be he's got a little I don't know how it's gonna work out in Miami. I wish him the best, except when he plays the Browns this year. But I feel so fucking bad for him, dude. That video he sent out thanking the Cardinals and shit, that was... See, that's... you. That's a good dude. And he would be your stereotypical quarterback. He's a stereotypical quarterback in the NFL. You know? And he's good enough to be a starter. And he's definitely going to start. I don't care what the fucking Dolphins say. They're dumb if they start Fitzpatrick over him. Super dumb. He's a second-year QB with good experience. Who didn't do terrible. But, you know, that's what happens when you get a new coach who has a losing record and is an asshole to all of his players. Well, Baker. And, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's for the best. I don't know if Josh Rosen could have... I don't think he could have ran that air raid. But who knows? Maybe he could have. We all know Kyler Murray can. The problem is Kyler Murray is my height. He's 5'8". Allegedly. No one really knows. I mean he's got he's got all the tools you need for a quarterback. He's got a good arm. He's got he's got the accuracy that Baker has, you know. I don't know if it's as good as Baker's. Baker is a uh, RPO accurate machine, you know. But kudos to Oklahoma, they're becoming QBU in a time like where, like, Sam Bradford would be hurt, hurt all the time, who had, had enough points, but, like, Oklahoma didn't really craft that many good quarterbacks in the NFL. So, Lincoln Riley's got it going over there. And then the second pick was my boy Nick Bosa, which we all knew was coming, which I hope he wrecks havoc on the Cardinals for the rest of his career for not picking him, which is what they should have done. So, good for good for the 49ers. Like I said, I wish him the best, except when he plays the Browns. So, very, very good. And then, Jets got a tackle that's going to, you know, protect Sam Darnold. Draft all in all was kind of what you would expect, which was, but it was surprising that no, what was it, how many picks was it until a corner and a wide receiver was taken? It was quite some time it was nothing but defensive linemen and and you know a few three quarterbacks what a defensive heavy draft it was pretty sweet to see that and it was also pretty cool to see that uh Clemson just that whole d-line just get drafted like that that's very very impressive the NFL draft is something you should watch it's also it's a paid programming for well yeah it's a paid program for college coaches like Lincoln Riley you know he's and and you know Dave Sweeney they just got they, they probably got three or four recruits after that I'm sure he, and that was what like I'll remember after I remember after what was it maybe it was 2015 2016 maybe it was when when did Zeke get drafted 2015 yeah, 20, 2016, 2016. Um, 
when he got drafted, I remember them having Urban Meyer on the show and just buck like I think it was the second round Buckeye after Buckeye after Buckeye was getting drafted and he's just sitting there with this fucking shit eating grin like dude you guys are doing my job for me this is fucking sweet but you want to go in the NFL that's basically what it was he was just smiling like oh how about that how about that you know you want to go to the NFL come to the Ohio State University come here and that's exactly what Clemson and Oklahoma are currently having right now and obviously Alabama I mean that's a given you know those are I would say Ohio State Alabama Clemson those are your big three as of now it's true even with the urban you know leaving well time will tell what happens with Brian Day which I think is going to be a seamless transition I really do it's just it's it's a fucking paid programming for college recruits I mean, if I was a kid being recruited by any of these schools and I seen, oh, shit, I'm a defensive tackle and four or five of them got drafted in the first two rounds, I'm fucking going to Clemson because I'm going to be guaranteed, I'm going to be a guaranteed millionaire because I'm going in the first round. And they're going to believe in me and they're going to coach me to be a, a good NFL player. Yeah, so, and then it, it would be, it would be, against me to not you know talk about my brownies so i was i wasn't necessarily upset that they didn't that dorsey and company didn't jump into the first round i'm sure they tried and it's just going up from 49 is too much i'm sure i mean if you if you're really value, valuing your picks depending on what they wanted um the only the only reason why i was pissed is because i tried I stayed up the whole fucking night when I really didn't have to. <laughs> when you look back at it, I'm like, oh, man, I was so tired and shit. But uh, Greedy Williams is a fucking sick steal. I think he's going to compliment Denzel Ward perfectly. Um, it seemed like the Browns drafts, draft was athleticism and speed and anger. Because, what is his name, Taki Taki? He's a, like Elliot Wolf said, he's a violent man. Which, depending on the situation, that or you know, that's a good thing, i.e., linebacker of football. So, I'm very excited for for all that. That's gonna be really fun. It's a weird feeling, man. I swear to God, talking about the Browns this way, I just and, and like, and I know I'm not the only one that thinks this way. Is that you know, we. We've been losers since, honestly, the last time we were good, I was a senior in high school, but we were kind of good up by mistake, and that was the last thing, that was the last time I remember them being good. They were good, what, well, they they were good one time since they've been back, and they were a big Super Bowl pick in 94, I believe, 95, but even then, I was five, six years old. And the only thing I cared about at that time was the Indians. Because that's all I could remember. Like, I honestly don't remember the Browns growing up. My Browns fandom was pretty late. I think it would, it, I would say I got really upset, obsessed once once they went 10-6. and six, And then everything changed. All I've known is losing. So, I have this mentality that, like, you know, I get excited every year and then I just get disappointed. So, like... We just got we got Odell Beckham and shit, and Baker Mayfield is a franchise quarterback. It's just weird. It's weird, man. It's weird. 
and I'm afraid to jump on the bandwagon and then just, you know, crash and burn, but <laughs> it seems, it, everything seems different. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump off for a little bit. Um, I'm going to see Infinity War. Or <laughs> what the fuck, man? When I get back, um, around, a, I'm going to see it at 7 tonight, so I'll let you know in th three hours after that if I like it or not. I'm sure I will, because I am very, very excited. But yeah, anyway, I will see you guys in a little bit, so hang on tight.